Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the first Messy Truth mini-sode, where I'll be doing short, focused chats with photographers on books, exhibitions, special projects, focusing not just on how these endeavors came into being, but what they bring out in us in terms of growth and reflection. As many of you know by now, I'm really fascinated by how the creative process impacts certain projects and how it forces us to do the deep work that we maybe so often don't get to do because the industry is so fast paced. You know, some projects really demand us to cross-examine ourselves over and over just simply as part of their process. And that's what these conversations are really going to be about. So I'm kicking off with the wonderful Micaiah Carter, who launched his first book, What's My Name, at the end of 2023. The book charts over a decade of Micaiah's work, interlaced with images from his parents' archive, which date back to the 1960s and all speak to the experience of what it means to be a Black American. His work, often celebratory in tone, is a true care practice for everyone he collaborates with. And in this mini-sode, we dig into the emotional labour of making this book, what he discovered about himself, what he had to overcome in putting himself out there, envisioning his take on the new American dream. The book is inspired and rooted in the family archive. Could you talk about the personal significance of the archive for you? I think it's something that is near and dear to my heart is just family in general. So those opportunities where I'm able to look back with my family and see family members that I can put a face to from the stories and just characters, I think, is what really inspires me a lot with everything. Like really having the ability to see the evolution not only of my family, but through different timelines too, because the positive of, of me being like the baby of the family is that I'm able to see, you know, photos from the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. Like it's a big plethora of things that all kind of inspired me. And in the bulk of the book, what I added was photos mostly from the 70s, some from the 60s. But, you know, those those things really inspire and really make me feel just with photography in general, just having that documentation, especially for African-Americans, is super important to know where we came from. Yeah, it's really powerful, the book, the way it interweaves like almost a decade of your practice with your family archive. And and correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot of those images were taken by your father, right? Yeah, it, it's a mix. I added some of my mom's photos in there too. I mean, photos that they took of me actually when I was being raised in Victorville. So it's a it's a bigger scope than just my dad because I wanted to showcase, you know, although my dad's photos highly influenced me, I think ma- mainly because that was during the 70s. So do all the other photos, especially of my mom, the ones that we have in Oklahoma and the ones that they have of me growing up in the 90s. I think all those combined really give a good glimpse of the inspirations that come throughout in the work, basically. Yeah, there's this great sort of 
dialogue that happens between the archival imagery and your imagery, which sort of conjures all these different ideas from thinking about time and style and love and relationships and liberation. Like it really does cover so much about the way we live. And I wondered if you could tell us, there's one particular image that sort of kicks off the book, which is an image of three men. I couldn't remember if one of the people was your dad or if they were his friends, but it sort of starts the book and kind of sets the whole tone for the publication. It's like a small little black and white image. Yeah, that was, I mean, they shot that in Vietnam. Oh, wow. Which is very interesting. Like, I think they used to go to different photo booths and take photos of themselves. And I love those photos because it made a stamp of like, you know, I'm here and I'm still carrying the essence of black power wherever I go, which I think was super cool. It's an amazing image. And I just love, yeah, how it frames the entire entire publication. Tell us about the title. Like, it feels very personal. Like, where did that come from? I mean, it came from my dad's side of the family or, or just in general. Like, I think when I was growing up, they were always asking me, what's your name, young man? And I would always say Makaya Carter, like just in response, but thinking back into the full book, I think that was the perfect title because even my dad wrote it on the photo, like the on the back of, of the back of the book is a title. Um, and my dad wrote the title down actually on a photo that he had. And I think that's personal, it, you know, from my family and a lot of families to your name means everything. And this is the first time that I'm being kind of like introduced in this type of way to the world. So I thought that it really fit and it didn't like hone down on something that's too political or too impersonal. I really wanted this to feel like you're looking not only through my family archive, but you're looking through my own archive as well. Yeah. Talk about how you conceive the book, because it's really interesting to see it, as I said, after we've talked about it for a while, because it doesn't have formal chapters but it certainly has a lot of themes that are threaded through. I'm curious kind of what was your what was your concept or kind of idea if you had something specific in mind? Well, I think it changed a lot because, you know, looking back at everything, I was overwhelmed with how many photos that I've actually taken in my life. So looking at that and also looking at my inspirations, I think really guided the conception for it and just kind of making it a proper photo book was my goal and making the images tell the stories versus words. Because I, I just think that everyone has a different perspective on how they see it in general. I wanted to leave it really open and not too confined to, you know, this is how this story needs to be told because the experience that I have is universal. It's not just me that has these same experiences. I think all humans have these experiences particularly with Black Americans. But I think that was the goal, to have something that just really felt nostalgic, that felt familiar, had love, thought about the images, people that love photography. That's kind of the way that I wanted to think about it and to introduce it to the world as like, hey, this is the fullness of me that I can give you guys in, in a photography standpoint. Did you feel a lot of pressure making your first book? Yeah, oh yeah. And kind of putting putting that stamp on this body of work? Yeah, I feel like, you know, I'm 28, so I still feel really young and still like not at a place where having a book, you know, worldwide is still unreal to me. It probably won't feel real until I see it in different stores and people send me images of it. It's it's really amazing and it's a little bit daunting, you know, it's a little bit of those good nerves of just like, wow, like the last, you know, seven to 10 years have been really amazing and to see the growth 
in that I think was really special for me to see. And it gave me a lot of confidence of where I'm at because often, you know, when we're hustling and working hard, you don't have as much time to look back. So looking back was very important to me. And just celebrating that fact, celebrating the collaborations that I've worked with, celebrating, just celebrating. I think that's 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 another thing that I wanted to put in there as well. Yeah, it's really interesting because I always think of you as someone who's quietly prolific mm-hmm. because your images are in our psyche. I think even people who might not connect your style to your name, you've you've infiltrated their psyche through your visual language and, you know, the types of publications and the types of people that you photographed. It is really prolific, but it and it's so interesting to be quietly prolific like I feel like I've seen you really work hard and and this book is huge you know it's 230 pages that's a huge photo book that's really like you know that's juicy and so the fact that you've managed to create that and as you move through the book I mean there are no duds like it's all so strong and it feels even for me knowing your practice for what I don't know like six or seven years like going through and being able to move through the early days and and the images you did for the fader and and when you were at college to you know some of the really renowned covers you've done of like Pharrell and Missy like it's I don't know it was like such a joy it felt really celebratory as a fan of your work honestly like it was a really joyful experience because that's kind of what your work is about right you I always think of your work as such a care practice to the people that you that you work with and that you collaborate with there's such a tenderness there no matter what the energy of the shoot is and so yeah I mean how did you even think about an edit like did you have a criteria in mind was it more intuitive than that because there's a lot in there but I feel like also it's clearly been very thoughtfully sequenced and edited yeah I mean luckily I had my thesis professor from college Sarah Hestead help me out with the edit because it was very daunting to me and I wanted to make sure that I worked with someone who who've known me since college known me before I knew anything about photography, really. And I really appreciated her perspective mixed with my perspective to really bring things to life, not just for my tunnel vision, because the thing about me is and the thing about her also, we're both perfectionists, but she's seen a lot more than me and and experienced a lot more things to for me to kind of go outside of the box, for me to put older work in work that I've never released before, because I also feel like with social media and with how things are really online, some work that I, I never really wanted to put out in the world um, because it was so personal to me. So working on this edit, I wanted to make sure that, of course, we have the photos that are in there that are well known, but also the photos that are of my family, that are of my friends, that are of people that I admire that aren't you know huge superstars. I think the mix of that really just humanizes everything and really puts it into perspective of just celebrating beauty, celebrating people's spirits, and also spirituality is a big part of it as well. Um, being raised in the church, like really making sure that it flows like a song or it flows like a hymn. That's something that I wanted to be intentional about. And also leaving it super open. Like I didn't want it to feel rigid, like I said before. So making sure there was a balance. And honestly, the family photos helped a lot because it gave an added layer to the already personal photos, but it kind of gave a connection. And I didn't really go in detail of particular names and stuff like that because I really wanted it to be like, oh, this person looks like my uncle or this person 
reminds me of this instead of it being like a history book, really making it feel like really artful. I think that was the goal. Two of the things that I really particularly loved in thinking about like the personal images was, I, I mean, you've always photographed young people and kids. That's always been kind of, you know, it's come out throughout your practice, but there's a, there's a kind of considerable sequence, which kind of feels like it focuses on relationships with younger children or childhood and I noticed some of those, a lot of those had been shot in the last couple of years. And I just thought it was really beautiful to see, honestly. It felt really personal. And I don't know if they're friends of yours or family members or just people you met. But I if I would guess I was curious to ask you about your fascination with that stage of life because it felt, it just felt really pertinent moving through that sequence. Yeah, I mean, I guess it drives deep on my nostalgia, my love for nostalgia, as a kid, you know, the world seems so big and so, like, it's just, the world is your oyster, basically. I feel like as a child, you really feel that growing up at a young age. And I love capturing and, and giving not only visibility, but a connection for me. Like, it helps me um, put things in perspectives of things that I'm worried about. You know, me not being inspired, I think, photographing children, especially my family, because a lot of those kids in there are my nieces and nephews. So, it's really cool to just kind of bring the love that I have for photography to a younger generation, especially um, babies like toddlers and stuff like that, too, because they're so curious. Um, and I think the curiosity is something that also inspires me, even with my own work and thinking outside the box. And I think the creativity that lives within children specifically is just unmatched because they don't really have limitations of the world set in their head already you know they're really thinking about whatever they can do you know when I was a kid I used to pretend that I was a power ranger and I actually believed it at one <laughs> point but it's like those type of things that are just super inspiring and and with family and I think also I wanted to showcase black fatherhood as well within my family as well like there's a lot of different themes that I think coexist with children and the ability for them to not only ground you, but inspire you. Yeah, I love that so much. It feels really, really powerful and something that we don't often see through a male lens in the culture and sort of mm -hmm. like linked to that as well. Like I felt like, I mean, this sort of ebbs and flows throughout the book, but it felt quite strong for me at the beginning, like this sort of theme of looking at boyhood and manhood and, and how male identity is sort of built and shaped. And that's something that I felt come through really strongly especially sort of empowered by this connection of like personal images and then some of the like celebrity or sort of iconic photographs like there was something really there was a really interesting dialogue happening there in terms of thinking about how male identity is sort of built and shaped through culture and through our personal relationships that I thought was really beautiful and yeah, just something that I felt like I could keep revisiting in the book to think about. Mm -hmm. One of the things that always fascinates me about photo books is the decisions photographers or artists make to sort of frame or contextualise the book. And you have two short text essays in the book, one authored by you and one by the iconic Tracy Ellis Ross. And I know you have collaborated with her for years. I was curious why it was important for you to have her voice in the book. I mean, I feel like with her, I really felt seen, especially in the way that she described who I was, because usually I don't ask for feedback a lot about myself in, in different ways. But I think the way that she saw me was very personal 
And the way that she felt when I photographed her, I think was a special union, especially with her brand pattern, which relates to, you know, to my whole history of just how hair is a part of, especially people with curly, coily hair. It's like part of your identity and it's not just the hair, it's part of the experience of being Black in America. And I think she really understands that. And we just have such a great love and admiration for each other. It was something that was a no-brainer to me to ask her to do because the way that she not only sees the world, but the way that she sees art, I think in particular, inspires me. So, you know, I, I really wanted to have someone that I'm inspired by to write in the book and just to kind of explain not only what my images mean to them, but kind of their voice of, of their art artistry as well and how they communicate their own passions, which I think Tracy does a good job at with all the things that she does. So I think it was a no-brainer. Yeah, it's so interesting to hear you talk about how her the sort of sense of feeling seen, because I feel like it's very difficult to crystallise the sort of essence of a photographer's approach, especially in language, like in words, spoken or written. But it felt really powerful the way she writes about your work and how you honour your sitters. And, And I absolutely adored the way she described your approach as how we are when we try and photograph a loved one but how that unites the way you work generally. I thought Mm -hmm. that was just so resonant for how your photographs feel that uh, it felt like it must be true. You know, I'm I'm thinking right now about the first time she had the pattern launch. She had like a little party in LA and she spoke about my work and I almost cried because it was something I know about myself, but I never hear. Like, you know, sometimes a lot of things that you do is not for praise. It's just who you are as a person. And to hear it kind of regurgitated back to me in her beautiful language that she speaks really humbled me. And it made me really realize the positive things about myself and how I can make people feel at home. Because I want to say in return, and I think it's just making not only if it's a big celebrity or even if it's like my nieces and nephews, that same care is taken on so seriously for all those factors because we're creating an image together, no matter what the collaboration and I put love and care into all that. And I care about the people that I photograph and and care about people in general. So I think it all comes across with with how she sees it in those words. Yeah, it's it's a beautiful opener to the book. It's really powerful. I, I wanted to ask you about your essay as well, because that's really personal. And you one thing that stood out to me is the way you talk about how each photo represents a moment within this new American dream. Mm-hmm. And I wondered if you could just sort of tell us about that sentiment and what it means to you. Well, I feel like with the family archive and including all those things, the different states of America that my family, my dad, my grandma, my great grandmother, my brothers have lived in were all so different until I think I was born where things, although there is still a lot of things related in race and in politics and that it's at a different place now where I don't think that's the driving factor of how we see ourselves. Even if it's in the black community, I think there's a nuance now where, you know, the, the, una, the unobtainable is obtainable now. And I think, cause we're seeing so many representations of different fields, different people working in media, different people working, not just in, the art and entertainment industry, but all over. And that's what I wanted to capture. I mean, that's why it's like a mix of people that people have never seen before also with 
the people that we look up to and people that have made it also, especially now, I think social media gives us such a tool to define ourselves. And that's part of that new America too. It's we have the right to define who we are publicly, artistically, vocally. And using that right, I think is all part of that too, because learning what my dad had to go through and my mom in the 60s and the 50s during the Jim Crow era, it's so different than today of just the freedom that we have. And to learn to feel it, I think it's hard sometimes to really understand that when things kind of are still going wrong and left in America. But there's a bit of hope that I see at the end of the tunnel of just like a breath of fresh air and just like the ancestors of how they would feel about things going on today. Would we actually, I feel like, proud of the accomplishments that Black Americans have, were able to have been able to achieve over the last five decades is amazing. Yeah, I wanted to ask you actually about what your how your family felt about the book, because it feels almost like a a collaborative project, in essence, because, the, you know, there's their authorship, there's your authorship. I was curious what their reaction has been. Well, my, my mom almost cried. Like, it, it's it's very emotional, I think. I haven't shown all my family yet. Like, I'm waiting to show people on my dad's side and and really kind of see how they feel about things, too. But, you know, they love the family album. A lot of these photos are existed for us to express and, and for us to share um, I think particularly with, and I go back to like the family tree, even like showcasing, you know, this is your uncle, this is your auntie. Having that in a book that's publicized, I think is going to feel different. on just like realizing how much their impact on me was growing up when I was a baby and looking back now as an adult, seeing the similarities between things. Tell me a little bit about the process of making the book, because I know this has been sort of sitting in your psyche for a while. Like when you started collaborating with Prestel, were you did you have a, a lot of the book formed or were there bit parts of it which were open and you sort of worked with them on? How much of it was kind of preconceived versus an open collaboration? Honestly, none of it was preconceived because I at the time I didn't think about the opportunity was going to be given to me in that way. And I wanted to start from scratch. I wanted to all, I mean, there was the 9548 book, which I always wanted to do, which was my dad's work and work that I was inspired by him that I created. But I think looking through everything, I wanted to expand on that. And this still isn't that book either. I still want to do something honoring him. But I think as far as the first book, that's a monograph that showcases a lot more than just the work that I was doing in college and after that. I wanted to rethink of how I see the family album within my work and how those things inspire me, even when it comes to the colors and the tones, the styling that my family had throughout the 60s and 70s. The time capsule, because I think even the photos that I take 30 years from now will be in a certain theme as well. So I wanted to play on that, almost like you're looking through a family photo album, honestly, Um, although it's a bit more refined because it is a photo book, I wanted that same feeling to be there. That's why I even left a lot of scrapbooking that my dad had in there, because it was so cool to see him put themes together of his own. Um, and I wanted to include that in there as well. Yeah, it's really powerful. I think you write in your 
your essay about this, you know, you see your work as this extension of the family album, like all of the whole practice is that and this sort of intention to further the conversation around black identity in America, which feels which feels really powerful and, and a really poignant way to think about your practice and all of these different the the whole constellation of it because you've never been somebody who does one thing mm-hmm. so yeah it's really interesting to see it in those terms and and also exciting to think about what that looks like you know in another 10 years based on how prolific you've been in the last you know eight or nine it's really exciting yeah it's all about evolving I think I I love to see change even though sometimes I'm not a fan of it in my personal life a lot, but I I know in my work, it's exciting. And even other people's work that I love that aren't photographers, like especially with music, I love seeing the different eras, the different evolutions of a person in their artistic psyche. Yeah, it's so it's so true. It's and it's interesting to think about that in the context of this book as well, because it just it does sort of trace so many years. The sort of is an evolution of your of your sort of style and energy throughout it, which is really, which is really exciting to see. One thing that I, I kind of always want to ask people when they make books is I I think for people who haven't made a book, making a book is this like very joyful, like celebratory experience, which of course it is. But I think what sometimes is missed is like the absolute sweat that goes into making a book. There's a lot of pressure, you know, there's a formality to a book, right? That I think, Mm -hmm. you know, people inside and outside of the industry sort of take seriously in a different way to perhaps a magazine or a billboard. And I'm curious why now, like, why did you feel ready to make this book kind of in this moment? Uh, I mean, it took some time for me to sit with it a while, but I think, I just felt it was time. Like looking back, I was like, wow, like this is, this sounds like the perfect moment in my career because I'm at a point where I'm evolving my style. Things are looking a little bit different. I'm experimenting more, but at the core of the still, all the values that I've had in my photography since 2014 and earlier still exist today in my heart and into the work. So I, I thought it would be a great time. I mean, especially thinking about my father and thinking about family and how much that whole thing has changed for me in perspective to my uh, father passing. But I I really think that it was, it was time to do it. I mean, the opportunity was there and I feel like I would regret it if I didn't think that I was ready. I mean, I I, I was in my head a lot and what you said earlier, the process of making a book isn't easy. It's a lot of hard work. Luckily I took some time to, sit with things as long as I could, although I am a perfectionist, like there's still some things in the book that I would forever tweak, you know what I mean? Just like tweaking an album forever. I think it's the same way. Like it really felt like I was making an album um, or making something musical when putting things together, just because not only of the formality of it, but just the emotional work and the emotional things that you feel when looking at your old work and your old self. I thought it was very amazing to see them all come together and even in my introduction I think it taught me a little bit of how to speak up and how to voice my opinion in a strong way and not be shy about it or not be too meek about it because that's a habit of mine sometimes so trying to break out of that in confidence I think was something that I wanted to challenge myself with uh, with making this book as well. 
I think you make such a great point there, actually, like the emotional labor of making a book. Like it really is this process in my in my experience anyway, of like literally turning yourself inside out, like in a in a really beautiful and like empowering way of like, wow, let's look at the evidence. What have I been doing? You know, and, and often I think you touched upon this at the beginning, like life moves really quickly, especially when you're, you know, busy on lots of different types of jobs and lots of different types of projects. Like sometimes you don't have time to like sit with something beyond an edit before you're moving on to the next thing but but equally like you said like sort of the more I guess the more organic sort of intimate part of like having a practice like that is such a such an emotional space to be in and allow yourself to feel fully which I imagine is also made worse by being a perfectionist (laughs) but yeah it's so interesting it's such a good point like there is just so much so many different types of love and labor that go into making a book I think yeah I just think it's really important to talk about my last question for you which I'm very curious about is as as we were just discussing like book making is this really intense kind of emotional process did you discover anything about yourself or your work in making the book that you hadn't been aware of before or you hadn't had time to think about before? Um, That's a really good question. I feel like, I, I think I saw my voice more like in, in realizing with the work that I was creating, the states of mind that I was when I was creating it. I think that was a big thing for me and a big aha moment, like realizing, you know, when you were, 21, you had this drive for, you know, not being a perfectionist, not thinking, not caring so much about what people think. And although I, I did at that time, it wasn't the same magnitude that it is now. Um, even for me, posting on social media can be sometimes anxiety driven because of the response and the always having to be A plus every single time. I, I think the book allowed me to really sit back and be okay with the mistakes that I was learning to do. Like, I didn't know a lot of things about lighting when I was first starting out. I didn't know a lot of things about uh, certain techniques and even realizing me asking for help is a good thing. Me not thinking that I know how to retouch all the time or do certain things. Like, I think the biggest thing was me realizing, realizing my voice and being proud of who I was before and taking all of those traits and really placing them with who I am today. Cause I think, and I, I look at myself in college as my inner child, even too, like talking to your inner child, I think is super important. I really got to face him or the artistic side of myself head on with having to go back and having to piece things together from different time periods of my life where I believed one thing and then now it's a different thing that I believe. Not in a way that it's like bad, but it's just like learning to love yourself and to honor yourself, I think is something that during the process of making the book that I learned a lot about myself to do. I love that so much. It's a really powerful experience. Definitely. Thank you so much for coming to talk to us about the project. Like the book is, it's really spectacular. I can't wait to see it in person. I can't wait for people to get their hands on it. And I really appreciate you taking us through some of the sort of behind the scenes in making it. Yeah, no problem. Thank you again. Thanks for listening to The Messy Truth. You can find more information about today's guests in the show notes. Theme music is changed by Judd Greenstein from the album Awake and design is by Ruby White. 
You can follow updates on the podcast on my Instagram at Jem Fletcher or subscribe to my newsletter at jemfletcher.com. Feel free to leave a review on Apple Podcasts.